What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Post to Post podcast. This week's episode is episode 95. Hope you all had a great American Thanksgiving. With me, as always, my co-host, Matt Small. How you doing, buddy? Yo! You get to enjoy the holiday? Got to enjoy it. It was uh, busy, but good. How was yours? It was good, yeah. Very busy, very good. Yeah. Had a good time. That's Any good. Black Friday shopping? No. No, fuck that noise. No, no. I think I talked about this last week, and you're just like, no. And uh, Sabbath Monday, I'm contemplating. Um, yeah. That's probably when I'll get my Christmas stuff done. Make a list this weekend and get it done Monday. Yeah. Get Boston, out of the way. Boston traffic today was just packed. Like, especially going to, like, the like Rentham outlets here in Massachusetts. is like, the big, big uh, one to go to. And I guess uh, the traffic is on the news today. Just, like, miles and miles and miles of traffic. Because the exit for it is just one lane. So, <laughs> it's just, like, the whole left side is just, like, open. Whereas, like, the one lane is just, like, an absolute line of cars. Oh, sick. Unreal. Like, screw that. Nope. Not no, for yeah. me. Oh. Yeah, I'm good on all that. Yeah, mess that. Um, but we have uh, way more uh, NHL news and signings and stuff for everyone compared to last week. Uh, this week we're uh, full-blown and ready to go, and I think we should just jump right into it. Let's kick it off. We did have a nice trade that kind of caught me by surprise. I don't know about everyone else. The Minnesota Wild have traded a 2025 fifth-round pick to the New York Rangers in, extra- in exchange for forward Ryan Reeves. Reeves had apparently requested the trade after being healthy scratched in Los Angeles the night prior. He also hasn't put up a single point this season in the 13 games he's played. Yeah, that was uh, that was interesting when you sent me that over. I was like, whoa. It happened very quick. Yeah, it's kind of weird to see New York move away from, you know, the backup of, you know, a tough guy on the ice like that, one mm-hmm. of the league's last heavy hitters. Um, and to see the Minnesota Wild buy back into one after moving on from Nick Delorier, correct? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Either, right, either yeah. they bought in on him or got rid of him. I got to look that one up. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was kind of interesting to see both of these guys um, just start to go, kind of make a, a change in the game plan and the structure of their team. But I guess when you're not uh, when you're not helping out point wise, any wise, like you are like a big dude that's supposed to fight or just get in the faces of everyone. But when you're a team. Like the New York Rangers, who are currently, where are they right now? Fifth? Just outside of the playoff standings, yeah, ten seven the and four in their division. I mean, they, they need they need the guys to put up the points there, and Reeves is just not doing it. So, uh, I think for a uh, team standpoint, it's like maybe it's time to move on from this guy. In my opinion, I mean, you know, that's not what the guy's there for. If he does put the puck in the net, yeah, that's great and all, but yeah. that's not what we're paying you to do. But at the end of the day. You're only going to play the guy 13 games out of the 21 that you have played this season. It's not really worth the money at that point, right? No. So I, I don't blame him. Nope. And the fact that he requested the trade was the biggest part to me. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like, oh, I want out. So enjoy uh, enjoy Reeves. Enjoy him. He seemed like he was pretty happy in Minnesota, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be played. He's going to be Ryan Reeves. Good good man. I like the pickup, too, from Reeves. I'm liking the Minnesota Wild as of late. I'm just like the guys they've been picking up. The, they've been looking good. I like them. But um, let's move on. <clears throat> the Seattle Kraken have waived Magnus Helberg, uh, but he was cl- quickly claimed off waivers by the Detroit Red Wings, who he <coughs> sorry who he played one game for back in 2021. Helberg has been bouncing around the league in the past three seasons with the Red Wings, Kraken, Senators, and now back to Detroit. This poor bastard has only played two ga- two games in those uh, three seasons, and. Uh, I don't know. I just uh, kind of want to throw this in there because it's just like what what a guy like Magnus Helberg can uh, can do. Like goalies just getting bounced around. Like you just don't play. And I, I don't know. I thought I thought he was a good fit in with the Kraken. He didn't really play, but I thought he was a uh, I thought he was good for a Gru and shit. But 
I guess not. Yeah, if you don't really play, you can't really prove yourself at all. Uh, yeah. His NHL debut, he let up five goals for the Predators. Mm-hmm. Uh, two years later, he made himself back in the lineup. Another six goals let up for the Rangers. So not a very strong start, but got it going again the season after. Two games played for the Rangers, let up 1.53. And now, I mean, three goals, two goals in the other two games that he's played. Um, let's hope that he finds a team that could actually utilize him and, and throw him in the lineup. Um, I don't necessarily know if the Detroit Red Wings will be doing that because Billy Huso currently has three shutouts leading the league, mm-hmm. and Alex Nedeljkovic I think is performing okay, decent enough. Like I'm not starting Magnus Helberg no. over either of those two guys, but gonna be third, you know right? maybe down the line. But mm-hmm. then again, both of those guys are pretty young, so that seems like a set tandem there. Yeah, right. Maybe just some good depth to have in case of injury. Maybe, and you know him too since he was <clears> on the organization. It's one of those, you know. Uh, but let's uh, move on from Magnus Helberg to a uh, statistically better goalie. The Carolina Hurricanes have signed Peter Kochetkov to a four-year deal with $8 million, $2 million AAV. He's played six games with the Canes, going 2-1-3 this season with a 2.33 GAA and a .913 save percentage. Uh, actually, today he played against the uh, Boston Bruins and played pretty on his head until what, the third period there, but he's still... Still a good goalie, in my opinion. So, great pickup for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Hurricanes needed something after the whole, uh, after, um, I was going to say Morozik's leaving, but no, they still. Yeah, Morozik and Kachekov are the two tandems there. Frederick Anderson, right? What's going on with him right now? Uh, it's, uh, no, no, Morozik is for the Chicago Blackhawks right now. And I think it's Freddie Anderson and Peter oh, Kachekov. Peter Kachekov, yeah. So, um, good little, good little tandem there. I think, right? Can you look that up for me? Mm-hmm. Why do I feel like Freddie Anderson's out? Like, as I say Freddie Anderson, I'm like, why? There's something in the back of my head saying, nope, you're wrong. Let's find out, buddy. Let's find out together. Currently on the Carolina Hurricanes. Eight games played this season. Okay. Yeah, he's still there. I don't know why. I keep thinking he's, just, he's out, but nope, he's still there. So, Freddie Anderson and uh, Peter Kachekov. Nice. Good, good little tandem there. Uh, we're going to move on to the Seattle Kraken, though, or back to the Seattle Kraken. They signed forward Shane Wright to the Coachella Valley Firebirds of the AHL. Wright would also finally pick up the first professional goal with the Firebirds this week. So, I don't know. Do 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 whatever you want with that information. Just enjoy. Yeah, this is what he needs. I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's finally come to pass that, like, this is what we're going to do with the guy. They have a game plan for him now, so let's let him grow and develop. We don't need to throw every first round, first overall pick you know, fourth overall pick, whatever, in into the lineup and have him be a starter, a star around the league for our team, you know. Right. So let him grow and develop a little bit, you know, you know, maybe get the media out. spotlight off of him for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I think that's exactly what he's going to need, you know. <clears throat> just like a huge, like, kind of reset. Let him get – I like what you just said, too. Get let, let him get away from, like, the media and let him just, like, figure out his game, you know. Maybe, like, we're going to – Forget about him in a few months, and then they're just going to bring him up. Like, oh, yeah, the Shane Wright guy. And then here he is, like, nice and developed, scoring a few goals for the Kraken. That'd be nice. But, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all we got for some trades and uh, some trades and news there. But uh, I did, however, want to do a Boston Bruins breakdown because the Boston Bruins currently are just flying through the fucking league right now. Uh, and it's not just them either. It's the Vegas Golden Knights. It was the New Jersey Devils. These guys are just – these three teams are just un- unbelievable this season. But I did want to talk Boston Bruins because <clears throat> when we did the Atlantic Division breakdown, uh, we talked to Boston Bruins, and both me and Chris both thought uh, they were like fourth, fifth place 
uh, Atlantic Division teams. And uh, holy shit, are they proving us all wrong. So it's just a bit of a breakdown, not too much to go into, but just something. So let's start it off. Uh, they page the... and a half. It's a pretty big breakdown, I'd say. Okay, right. First team in NHL history to start a season with a 12-0 and home record. After coming back from a two-goal deficit against the Hurricanes to win 3-2 in OT today, which is what I just talked about. The 1922 Ottawa originally held the sorry originally held the title after going 11-0 until losing their 12th home game. Uh, they are second in the league in po- penalty kills with an 84.3%. So far, they've had 83 penalty kills with only 13 goals allowed in those 83 penalty kills. Second in the league in face-off wins with 56.2%. Uh, the first is actually the Blackhawks with 56.9%. So very, very close right there. Uh, big news coming out this week with Patrice Bergeron. He hit the 1,000 career NHL point mark with the Bruins. He became the fourth player in Bruins history to hit that mark, joining Ray Bork, who had 1,506, Johnny Busick with 1,339, and Phil Esposito with 1,012. Uh, I love that. It was the it was Moshane who scored, I think, and then jumped right over to Patrice Bergeron and knew he got that 1,000. So it was a great little celebration with the whole team coming off the bench and uh, big celebration with uh, Patrice Bergeron, who definitely deserves it. You know, great guy. Let's get on to goalies here. Allmark, although was injured today in his day-to-day with an upper body injury, currently leads the NHL in save percentage, GAA, and wins with a 2.00 GAA, a 9.3, uh, sorry, 0.935 save percentage, and 13 wins coming from last season where he finished 7th best in the league in save percentage and GAA with a 0.917 save percentage and 2.5 GAA. So Linus, Linus, however you want to say it, is just like... Keep going up, man. Um, moving on to sorry, David Pasternak. He's second in the league in points with 32, fourth in goals with 14, and tied for seventh in assists with 18. Nick Foligno, sorry, Nick Foligno having a bit of a bounce-back season after a career-low season with just two goals and 11 assists last season with four goals and eight assists so far. So it would be good to see Nick Foligno come up, and this is this is how a team becomes the way they are. Jim Montgomery, we're going to talk about him, has definitely proved himself to be a good head coach. The first and last NHL team he was a head coach for was the Dallas Stars in 2018-2019, where he went 43-23-0 and and lost in the second round of the playoffs. He would then coach... Sorry, he then coached half of the 2019-2020 season before COVID would end things with a 17-11-0 record. He then signed as an assistant coach with the St. Louis Blues for the past two seasons. So the past two seasons, he was assistant head coach before coming to the Bruins <clears throat> and kind of really like spreading his wings right now, really showing you know what the NHL and all the head coaches what he can do here. Uh, which we're talking about too, if he was going to be a good situation uh, with Bruce Cassidy gone, but apparently he's he's definitely showing us all up. Uh, all four lines are contributing to this team which is key for a team to be this good. Here's the stats for the third and fourth line. So we're going to start with the fourth line here. Nick Foligno, four goals and eight assists. Thomas Noshik, two goals and four assists. A.J. Greer, three goals and four assists. On the third line, uh, we're just talking about Taylor Hall on the third line, six goals and seven assists. Charlie Coyle, six goals and three assists. And Craig Smith with one goal and two assists, who's currently out with an upper body injury in his day-to-day recently. <clears throat> 
As of today, the Bruins are number one in the league with an 18-3-0 record. Right behind them in second is the Vegas Golden Knights with a 16-4-1 record and New Jersey Devils in third with a 16-4-0 record. Uh, what are your thoughts on the streak? Is this fire going to go out at the worst time or are they going to ride this into the postseason? Yeah, there's <clears throat> there's no chance that something like this lasts the entire season. It's just too early. Mm-hmm. But I also don't entirely agree with peaking at the wrong time. It's more about can you peak at the right, right. time, you know? Mm-hmm. There's never a bad time to get these wins and get in early. Like, if you can solidify yourself as one of the top guys and then you fizzle out a little bit towards the middle of the season, like, you're still in that playoff spot and you have a little bit of comfort and wiggle room. So I think that, like, at the end of the day, this is never going to be a bad thing, but yep. this isn't going to last, obviously, no. you know? There's mm-hmm. got to be a certain point where this ends, especially when there's three teams in the league that are doing it, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Personally, that this team, the biggest, you know, biggest feather in their cap that they have is the depth. Mm-hmm. Bergeron, Krejci, and Coyle are your one, two, and three centers up the middle. And I mean, putting Coyle as your third line center with Taylor Hall, like Taylor Hall is a guy that could be in the All Star game. Like that's how good he has been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, fourth line, Nick Foligno stepping the game up, definitely huge. And just the skill and overall presence that this team has, especially when you get the power play going. I like that they've split up McAvoy and Lindholm on the top D pairs. Mm-hmm. They have McAvoy, Grizzlick as a first pair, and Lindholm, Carlo as a second pair. Goaltending out the ass. Like, what else can you say? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one point I wanted to chime in on too on Olmark is it's nuts to me that the best goalie in the league is a 2.0 GAA. Like, the scoring is just through the roof. Like, yeah. it, back in the day, the best goalie in the league probably had like what? One a something. 1.3, a 1.5, yeah. somewhere okay. around there. Yep. It's, it's crazy. Mm hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, you're right. And yeah, that's what we were talking about where 2.00 is just insane to think about. But this team just in general is is just unbelievable. But you brought up the fact that like will the fire go out? And I can think of just like the Florida Panthers the past two seasons or last season and the Calgary Flames where I don't know if they had like a real downtime throughout the entire season. They might have had a few losses here and there, but I mean, throughout the entire season they just like rode the wave into the playoffs. And I don't know if the Boston Bruins are still going to be that way uh, by the end of the playoffs, but uh, by the end of the regular season. But uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, but one thing I do want to talk about too is David Poshnok. Watch David Poshnok. He is just unbelievable. Like you see Ovechkin, you see I don't want to say Crosby, but you see like some of these guys who are just like they're in their one spot, and that's where they score from. Whereas David Poshnok, it doesn't matter what part of the offensive ice he's in, he has a chance to score. Like he's got that he's got the spot to the right of the post, to the left of the post, to the center, to like the blue dot. Like I have I've seen him do it. It's just like he's just such like an all around type of scorer. And David Poshnok has just been unbelievable to watch. And that's that's saying a lot when you have Brad Marshan who's just like really fucking stepped up his game from being like the dirty rat player that he is to just like just like the playmaker that he is, the the absolute fighter. If you watch, if you watch Brad Marchand, just like uh, just making plays, like the hunger for the puck he has mm. is the one phrase that comes to mind. Where just like there's no there's no giving up. He'll be like two Devils guys on him, and he'll fight for that puck. And most of the time, he'll get out of there with the puck too. So the hunger with Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, Patrice Bergeron. I mean that whole the whole first line there is just fucking unbelievable. Yeah, I really think it comes down to you know you have a crafty player in Pasternak that's you know in the likes of I I want to say McDavid but not to that level uh, like a Johnny Huberto or a um, Johnny Gaudreau. 
Um, and then you have that kind of crafty player. You have Marshawn who has like puck retrieval, puck retention out the ass, like just crazy good at that. And then you have a guy like Bergeron that's so defensive minded. He'll be the, you know, the F3 that's hanging back with the defense and covers and can still set up crazy, you know, assists, wins the faceoffs, crazy. Like it's just such a well rounded team at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You have an offensive defenseman in, in Charlie McAvoy and a stay at home and, you know, Hampus Lindholm or vice versa, or however you want to play it. But right. I just think the team is very well balanced right now. Right. And going back to, you know, making it last the whole season. It's really about stretching out the losses and making sure that you don't, you know, start dropping back-to-backs or get to become a streaky team that's hot and cold throughout the season. Um, and I think that, at the end of the day, is what kills teams' regular season chances at a playoff spot. Oh, yeah. Yep. 100%. So, I uh, think we'll just end that little breakdown there, too, because there's just not not enough you can say about the boss rooms. We also have, like, a bunch of other stuff we need to talk about, too. But I didn't want to bring them up. Uh, that, was the, that was the goal here, because I feel like we've kind of push that to the side but uh, i think we definitely picked the right week to do it with uh, patrice bergeron's thousand point and uh them breaking some records there too so uh let's 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 move on here let's let's move on you got the hat you got the hat going too yeah the uh, buffalo sabers goalie eric Carmery is going to miss a few weeks with a lower body injury uko pekalukanen is going to back up craig anderson going forward Carmery so far is a 3.62 gaa and a 0.887 in 11 games played Lukanen has played two games this season with a 3.01 GAA and an 8.98 save percentage. I feel like that's more of a come up. Yeah, he's he's definitely turning it around. I'd say Lukanen's been playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Comrie though and Craig Anderson, the tandem at the beginning of the season that was red hot, has started to you know come crashing back down to earth a bit. Yeah. Sabers are nine and eleven now. Um, they're on a two game win streak, but they're two eight zero in their last ten. So that is uh, not that's very not great. Good. So they have dropped eight and eight straight games. The Buffalo Sabers have. Uh, it really was that goaltending tandem that was carrying the weight. Uh, day in, day out, I'm seeing Tage Thompson highlights though, and Jeff Skinner Ugh. has stepped his game up tremendously. Those two guys are currently, you know, carrying the weight of the team. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. all I really got for a Sabers note here. Yeah, I'm all with you. Like Rasmus Darlene, Tage Thompson, like they they have the guys. I think they just um, they might be going through like a bad little spurt right now, but they gotta they'll figure shit out. It's it's I'm I'm. It's I'm, a little early for them I'm, to figure shit out. I'd say. I, I think that they are not going to be figuring anything out this season. For the whole season, I think they'll be better than two and eight right now. The past two, ten games. Yeah, I mean cool. they're nine and eleven on the season, but they just lost eight games straight. Yeah. I I don't know. I see them finishing bottom two in this division. Hundred percent. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting take. I mean, the only other competition is the Sens and the Canadians, right? The Panthers aren't going to finish bottom two. Oh, yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I guess. Oh, what did I have a mess? Now, now I'm curious. I, I do have that in our notes, too. We're going to double back and take a look at our picks because we're officially a quarter of the way through the season. So mm-hmm. we'll take a look at the standings and take a look at our picks and see what we're looking at. Beautiful. All right, so before we get back into that, uh, we have a t- retirement announcement here. The NHL Vice President of Hockey Operations, Mike Murphy, announced his retirement. <clears throat> After the final second of the last game on December 31st, he will officially be retired. Mike signed his first NHL contract at the age of 19 in 1971 with the St. Louis Blues. He would play for the Blues, Rangers, and LA Kings with a career 831 games played and 556 points. 
He would then coach, sorry, he would then coach around multiple teams before being hired as the vice president of hockey operations in 1999. His 53-year service to the game and NHL has not led to a spot in the Hockey Hall of Fame, but in 2016, he was inducted into the Aurora Sports Hall of Fame, which is an organization dedicated to honoring and recognizing athletes from the Aurora, Ontario arena. Uh, sorry, arena. Area. Why did I say area? Area. I'm an idiot. I think I see arena too much, and just like that's how I wanted to say it. <laughs> but congratulations to uh, Mike Murphy there. What a 53 years in the NHL, just all around. Can you can you think of that? Think it think of like having a job, right? You pick a job at like the age of 19. You're just like I'm gonna be here for 53 years. Yeah, what's that make him that 72? Through. That's that's a pretty long time. A Probably should retire at a certain long point. Long time, buddy. Yeah. Long time. Good for him though. He's a working man, right? Great. I feel like those athletes have that you know that drive to just keep working their whole life. You know. Yeah, I feel like like a especially something you love too, like NHL. Like it's it's you are a small percentage of people that can get a job like that. You know, so I guess ride it and enjoy it. So. Yeah, another guy that transitioned into the back office work. Yep, exactly, hundred percent. So uh, <clears throat> congratulations to Mike Murphy. Uh, definitely, definitely well deserved. Uh, we do have an NHL record that's been set this week too. Cal Clutterbuck of the New York Islanders has passed Dustin Brown to become the NHL's all-time hits leader with 3,641 in his career so far. Clutterbuck has played 954 NHL games, which is significantly less than Brown's 1,265 games played. We do have some current active NHLers: Matt Martin, Alex Ovechkin, and Milan Lucic, who are all chasing his title with over 3,000 3, hits thrown as well. Damn. But, I mean, like, which one of these is not like the other, right? Look at right. Alex Ovechkin <laughs> being in the mix there. It's right. crazy, isn't it? Nuts. Matt Martin, Alex Ovechkin. I mean, yeah. Milan Lucic and Cal Clutterbuck for the top four remaining uh, active players. Ovi's a wall, though. Ovi's one of those, like, offensive walls that can, like, absolutely dust your ass, you know? He's just like a... The fact that he has, like, not been out with injury as much as he should be after throwing 3,000 hits. Right. It's kind of nuts. Age, yeah. not nuts? I thought... I don't know if we talked about this already. Did you? Um, was it Spitting Chicklets or someone that was talking about like uh, Ovechkin's like pregame meal? I don't know if it's the same now, but wasn't it like some like Subway sandwich with like oh, extra it was, like, mayo an Italian with extra, extra hots, cheese. dude? That's disgusting. I'm like, oh man. I mean, whatever gets the job done when you're one of the best players in the league. I feel like he's another guy that would drink soda <laughs> on the bench, psycho. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, dude, Cal, Cal Clutterbuck. 3,604, like, what What do you think that would do on your body just alone? <coughs> NHL NHL athlete kind of, like, bodies, and you're crushing them. Like, I, I, I can't imagine the pain this dude must go through. He just wakes up. Or pain or just, too. like, yeah, He throws fights. fights. You know, it's just like, it's like when you break your hand and it just comes, like, even stronger, you know? Like, I wonder if that's his, like, whole body's just a fucking boulder at this point. Oh, you know? yeah. Uh, all right, so moving on. Fastest defenseman, Kale McCarr, reached 200 career points in just 195 games, making him the fastest defenseman to reach that mark. Penguin Sergei Zubov originally held it when he hit the 200-point mark in with sorry when he hit that 200-point mark in 207 games. Makar currently has 54 goals and 147 assists in 196 games. This dude is unbelievable. He's really setting the way for like the whole offensive defenseman like new era of like hockey. It's it's just unbelievable watching him play, and it's crazy to see this just this stat alone. I can't believe like he's just surpassed like. <coughs> I, I I just can't believe he's like surpassed like the amount of like defensemen in the NHL like this rate. It's just it's kind of crazy to see. 
I know we keep talking about him left and right, but it, it's weird to think like he could pass like some kind of uh, like <clears throat> records and shit, you know? Yeah, offensive defensemen do come at a cost, though. Kale McCarr is plus minus for the season right now is plus five, pretty much dead even considering all the goals that he's putting up throughout the season. Mm. Um, the Avalanche do sit second in their division with an 11-6-1 record, so it's working, but... Um, you know, with all the added benefit of the goals, do you think maybe he's a little lackluster to cover staying at home, you know, being on the ice for these goals against, things like that? That's a good question. Um, so, I mean, yeah, when you start a team, you definitely build from the back out. Mm-hmm. And people are saying get yourself a Kale McCarr, get an Adam Fox, get a guy like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, if he's net net even, net plus five, like why not just get a stay-at-home defenseman that's going to be right. higher plus minus. But right. if the puck's not going in the net, you're not going to win games, right? All right. Maybe maybe just so I don't one, know. maybe just like one offensive defenseman like a team, you know? Yeah. Or hmm. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Makes yeah, me makes me yeah. think of like the sport of lacrosse where it's become so specialized. They have a roster spot in lacrosse now for the face off guy. The face off guy will go out and take a face off and immediately get off the field. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Face off specialist. Interesting. <clears throat> and that that's like their entire job. Go out, win the face off, set up the offensive zone and get the fuck out of there. Oh, that, that reminds me of baseball, too. Don't they have, like, uh, specific runners? Like, someone... Yeah, pinch runners. Pinch runners. Or designated hitters. Designated like, they only hitters. bat, they don't play the field. So right. maybe it's a guy that's, like, you know, he's our power play defenseman. But yeah. at the end of the day, you're taking up a bench spot in a, in a team that... It's a team sport, not an individual sport. So you're going to need every guy to pull their weight with time on ice and things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. That's interesting to think about. Yeah, I don't know. Kamikaze is just like a he's just a different breed. <coughs> just a different breed of guy. But uh Pardon all the coughs too. I have uh not feeling too hot tonight, boys. <laughs> not great. Not after that Thanksgiving day? No. Okay. Not great. All right. Well, this is uh this is your weird crazy stat. If uh, you want to jump on that or if you want me to. Yeah, you got it. Okay, I got it. Cuz uh you're not feeling good over there. All right, so weird crazy stat of the night. The New Jersey Devils became the first team in NHL history to sweep a Canucks, Flames, and Oilers road trip and a Maple Leafs, Senators, and Canadians road trip in the same season. The Devils franchise recording tying 13-game win. I, I can take that part. I'm sorry. I thought uh, you were just doing the weird, crazy stat. Nope, sorry. I thought um, just keep going. Yeah, I thought it was kind of nuts that they were the first team to ever do that, right? Like, those six teams have been along for how long and no one's ever and won. no one's done it? Yeah. I mean, that is a tough road trip when you think about it, though. That's a lot of travel. Yeah. But to get... Three and three, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It seems like it should have been able to be done. Yeah, especially with, like, all the teams we have now, like, all the offensive teams. I don't know. <coughs> it's like a – it's – yeah, I guess a weird, crazy stat or just a surprising stat, to be honest. I remember seeing – I remember – I don't know if I sent sent you this or you sent me this, but I remember, like, having to, like, double read it and be like, wait, did I just read that right? I thought it was, like – I don't know, just, just a weird stat, but – it is interesting that, like, no other team can do it. All right, so look at this. So, like, the Senators, when they weren't that great, the Canadians, when they weren't that great, Maple Leafs. And struggling. They were struggling. Sh- they were struggling. Oilers used to be the shittiest team in the league. Flames used to be just okay. Canucks oh, you're talking about the shit. past or they're talking about this season? Just talk, talking about the past, like, you know, just, like, teams that couldn't do it. I think at, <clears throat> at a certain point, there was never a point in time where all six Canadian teams were garbage. Like, you're there's, never gonna. There used to be one or two that are like really good. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's why I think it hadn't been done before. And like, if you think about it, right, the Canucks are really struggling. Senators and Canadians are kind of struggling. Mm-hmm. The Maple Leafs were having some goaltending issues. The Oilers are definitely having goaltending issues. Oh yeah. Calgary's really your main issue, I think. Yeah, Tiger Flames, right? And that's 
saying a lot because what are they fifth, sixth in the division they're in? Yeah, they are fourth in their division, nine, fourth, eight, and okay. three on the season, so dead even. Yeah, so I don't know, but interesting. So actually, that makes sense because this this was the year. This was the year they could do it. Yeah, Dude. but. Let's stick on the Devils here for a minute. The Devils franchise record-tying 13-game win streak came to an end the other night when the Devils lost a 2-1 game versus the Toronto Maple Leafs while also having a hat-trick of their own goals overturned. Devils fans loved this and began to throw trash onto the ice after the third goal of the night had been disallowed. Eric Holo was out there uh, trying to calm the crowd down. Mitch Marner was dodging full cans of beer. They sent all the Maple Leafs players down the tunnel to clear out for a minute. Everything ended up getting settled down and the game continued, but let's take a look at the three goals that were overturned here. <clears throat> so the first goal of the night, uh, goalie interference, I believe the player was Bastion. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. He was yeah. in the crease a little bit. His right skate blade is right up against Matt Murray's left skate as the puck is shot to that side of Matt Murray. He goes to make the save, kind of extends, but kind of doesn't. And it they do make skate contact, but it doesn't look like he really like no. kept him from making a save. What, what do you think? In slow mo, it looked bad, <laughs> but when you see it in like real life play, it just you, you would sit there and be like, "Oh yeah, it's a good goal." But like when they put it in slow mo, like above the net, you could see like him in the crease, like with his skate on Matt Murray's skate. That's like kind of like not letting Murray slide and move left if, if he wanted to, but it like almost didn't seem like he pushed, right? Right. No, but I guess <clears throat> in the crease. We talked about the rule, or we read about the rule, where in the crease, the goalie needs to be free to move wherever he is, mm-hmm. and that's exactly where he was. He was mm-hmm. in the crease with Matt Murray, and Matt Murray, with the skate on skate, wasn't able to freely move if needed to be. And he didn't really move, though. That shot that came up, he went down straight into the butterfly. Yep. And, and kind of leaned him. into trying to make the glove save, but right. like, didn't seem impeded. Right. <clears throat> so, I don't know. It was just kind of, for the first in quotations, goal of the game. Uh, yeah, it kind of sucked to have it be called back. The, to, to make shit even worse is that, like, the referee reviewed it, came out, and then pointed at the center ice saying good goal, and was like, oh, shit, I'm wrong. Never mind, it's a bad goal. Yeah, so the call on the ice was that it was no goal right away. Like, they were waving it off immediately. Mm-hmm. Went and reviewed, and he goes, the call on the ice is confirmed, and then he says, good goal, good and goal. then he says, oh, shit, wait, wait, wait no, 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 not goal. a good goal, yeah. you know? So, little, uh, so that kind of rubbed salt in the wounds. That probably pissed the fans off to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then goal number two, Matt Murray goes behind the net to play the puck, rims it up the left side boards, doesn't take a look over his right shoulder and starts to skate back towards the crease, gets bumped by Thomas Tatar. He's basically like spun around, kind of flops like goalies do, which yeah. is really annoying to me. Uh, and then he's unable to make it back to his crease to make it save, still gets like a piece of the paddle on the stick, mm-hmm. um, and then they review it and they say that's also no goal. What do you think there? I didn't like that. Uh, goalies outside of the crease, full I mean, he's just in play. Goalies outside of the crease are just in play. Uh, if you're going to run into him, that's a different situation. But uh, in the replay from, like, behind the net view, Matt Murray Tom- – Thomas Tatar doesn't run into him. Matt Murray runs into Thomas Tatar, and then he falls. And then as he falls, he gets a stick out and redirects the puck into the net. And even as a goalie, I'm like, ah, that's a goal. Like, it would be different if Thomas Tatar actually ran him, but – just rewatch the play. Rewatch the replay where it's just like watch Matt Murray lean into Thomas Tatar trying to get back into the net, and then mm-hmm. he kind of just flops. And I'm like, eh. okay, so going back, the goalie is not fair play when you're outside of the crease. That's the rules. He's not fair play. You can't touch him. Right. I know, I, I, I know. Yeah. I, I, sorry, I just confused so everyone. So if if Tatar hits the goalie, then therefore it's goalie interference and it's no goal, right? 
I guess. It's kind of set. It's That's how the set. rules are. Yeah, but if you watch the replay, Matt Murray is the one who hit Thomas Tatar. Thomas Tatar is trying to get out of the way. No, they hit each other. Yeah, I guess. It was kind of like kind of like a car accident where, like, one person isn't fully at fault, you know? Yeah. And it's just, just like they both evenly, like, split the damages. Yeah. I think Murray intentionally doesn't look over his shoulder because he knows the guy's zooming behind the net. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know how it goes. All of fucking- a sudden yard sale everything the second they get touched you know that that kind of pisses me off but and then the fact that he was still able to kind of almost make a save like that kind of rubs salt in the wounds i'm like well buddy like if you didn't flop around like that you probably could have made the save you know yeah um but goal number three uh distinctly kicked in it gets bounced off of both the leafs defenseman and the leafs goaltender never hits a stick i mean that one definitely needs to be called back but fans just were pissed off at that point three goals three beers you know, I'm I'm throwing mine. <laughs> I'm throwing my fourth one. Yeah, I don't need it. Fuck this game. Beer. Fuck yeah. this game. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I thought I thought in replay I, I saw uh, I saw Eric Hala kick. Obviously, Eric Hala kicked the puck. There's massive kicking motion, but I could have swore like there was some angle where I thought it hit his stick too. Yeah. No. It, it was so basically him. he's a lefty. He kicks it with the right to the front of the net. Yeah. It hits. He swipes at it with the stick, but doesn't get it. And then the other, the other player that he was passing it over to on the Devils team also tries to get him with the stick. But it doesn't they're looking it. at the cameras from every angle. It nobody gets it with a stick. It goes off of the Leafs defenseman, off of Matt Murray's toe, and then into the net. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like that one just kind of made the most sense to me. But just wild, and it kind of sucks to see, you know, a franchise record tying win streak end because like of this. That. Yeah. Um, but nothing I I don't think is crazy controversial. It's just. Maybe don't fuck with the goalie, and now these things won't happen. Maybe don't <laughs> kick the puck in the net. Um, but 35 shots for the uh, Devils in this game over the Leafs, 20, and a 2-1 to loss to end the streak. Man, it, it sucks, but all good things come to an end, and I don't think players really, at the end of the day, are like, well, we, we lost it, we should have won. Like, right. We're on to the next one, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, you, know what, you know what I can think of, too, is um, was that Eric Kami, Ugo Pekka, looking in. Remember we talked about... Who was it? One of his players runs behind him into the net, pushes <clears> the <throat> net out. Like, the whole net is just dislodged. And then the puck still goes past the past the goal line, and it's considered a goal. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I didn't understand. Just like how I didn't understand the whole Thomas Tatar situation. Well, the Thomas Tatar thing is written out easy, you know, in the yeah. rule book. Like, that's set, cut and dry, you know, set in stone. Um, this one that we didn't put notes down for, um, basically I want to say it was either the, the defenseman or the opposing team's player goes past the goalie into the net, barreling in, mm-hmm. lifts the net off of its pegs. <clears throat> so the net's fully dislodged. The pegs are still there. The player on the other team comes in, takes a chance. It goes off of the goaltender's pad and goes into where the net would be behind the peg. So showing that it is, it would be a goal if the net were there mm-hmm. and the refs call it a good goal for that reason, I suppose, but. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. We didn't really right. do any notes on it. So. Yeah, no. Fuck. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that is just a shit way for the Jersey Devils to uh, not get that uh, not get that <laughs> win that game especially. Other than that, I think both uh, both the goals. If you think Vanacek has been unbelievable for the New Jersey Devils, I think he's played just on his head. Uh, Matt Murray has been playing really good for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's had a few... Weird ones that game especially, but other than that, I think he looked he looked pretty good. Uh, yeah, considering the Leafs' frustration with their goaltending in the start of the season, I want to say Matt Murray and uh, Samsonov have a ten and three record. 
Um, it was like a .91 collective save percentage. I forget the GAA, but it really wasn't all that bad when I looked at the numbers. Yeah. Ten and three, like, what can you really complain about there? But right. I mean, who the hell was playing goal for them? Because I, twelve and five, they've really turned the season around. Honestly, yeah, six one and three in their last ten. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, that, that's pretty good. Twelve five and five. Right. There was a certain point where they just couldn't get wins, and you know, Matthews took a while to get the monkey off his back of the first goal of the season. Yep. You know, things like that. But Mitch Marner, I'm going to touch on him later on, but. Okay. You can move on to other news if you want. All right, yeah. So I don't know if anyone's seen this <coughs> on social media, Instagram, or something like that, but we did. Uh, so uh, there's a video of a Russian player striking a referee with a stick, and, like, it was pretty brutal. So I kind of went down that little rabbit hole. So Moscow Ice Hockey Federation Nikolai Risen from the Leopards is now I sorry indefinitely banned. Risen was unhappy with the call on the ice by the referee and brutally swung his stick at the referee. Uh, the Leopards would have to forfeit the game for the incident. Moscow hockey officials had a meeting and permanently removed Risen from the league and appealed to the Russian Hockey Federation that he would be prevented from playing in all tournaments. Risen had already been banned for a similar attack in 2016 where he, where he <clears throat> intentionally slammed a referee's head into the glass and had been playing under a false name since, dude. Like, fa- can you fucking do that? Can you just be like, yeah, my name's uh, Chris Ronan now? And yeah, gave him the old uh, fight and squirrels treatment in the New England Senior League yep, when they dude. beat up the scorekeeper and now they play under a different oh, yeah. team, but they're still allowed to play men's league. Isn't that nice? That's fucked up. Yeah, so absolute fucking scumbag that uh, I think the league did a great job of just banning his ass, like, altogether. The fact that the first, there's a video of 2016 of him just slamming the ref's head against the ice, which, uh, I'm sorry, head against the glass, which is already fucking despicable. I I feel like that one's so much worse than slashing him with the stick. Like, he has the ref, like, you know, arm around the shoulder, almost buddy-buddy, like they're talking about what happened. Mm -hmm. And then as he gets over to the glass to be ejected out of the game, he literally like grabs the ref and smashes his head against the right. glass. Like, I don't know. It's I mean, just both. Up. Both are just fucking despicable. So, and, <clears throat> so I kind of want to bring that up because I don't know if anyone's seen it and didn't really know the situation. But, yep, there's a situation. How and, about that? And, um, yep, this, they've 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 already done it before. That type of shit, you know. But um, oh yeah. So we're gonna talk about uh. We were just talking about Toronto Maple Leafs, and you're just like, where the goalie, where did the goalie tandem come from? And um, we're going to talk about the last year's goalie, Jack Campbell. He's been benched <clears throat> from the uh, Edmonton Oilers here. So Edmonton Oilers' Jack Campbell was benched for the fourth straight game this week. In his past five games, he went one and four, allowing 22 goals in those five games, while seeing an average of 30 shots a game. He currently has a 4.26 GA and a .9, sorry, .873 save percentage in 10 games played, which is the worst in league among goalies who have played at least 10 games this season. He started against the Islanders this week, where they lost 3-0, where Campbell let up those three goals on 31 shots. Uh, Stuart Skinner, the supposed to be backup, has to has a 2.78 GAA and a .921 save percentage in 10 games played. Oilers are currently 5th in the Pacific and 21st in the league. They're also riddled with injuries. Tyler Benson, Kyla Yamamoto, Evander Kane, Mike Smith, and Oscar Clefbaum are all out. Do you think this is a goalie problem or a team problem? 
I think it's a Canada problem. If you look at any team in the league, it always comes down to where's our goaltending, where's our defense. You know, maybe if we didn't spend so much money on the forwards, we'd have money to have a good back end. <laughs> That's what I think it is. Um, I don't think Jack Campbell's a bad goalie. I think he's in a slump right now, and the only way to get him out is to play him. I mean, you ice a guy, you bench him four games in a row. What are you going to do? You know, right now he's you're not going to get cold. any better. Yep, exactly. Um, but I think <clears throat> at a certain point, it does have to stop. Uh, I mean, like you said, they're they're ten ten and zero to start the season, three and seven in their last ten. So they've been on a bit of a skid. Yeah, they came out of the gates pretty pretty good, I'd I'd say. But yeah. um, Evander Kane being out with injury is tough. Yamamoto too, Clef bomb. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think at the end of the day, it's it's a defense problem. Like we need more defense as a team. And I'm not singling out the defense core. Like the goaltenders need to play better. Right. The defense in general coming from forwards back checking. Uh, just everything in general. It's just it just seems like the classic Canadian conundrum. Right. Doesn't help that um, you want a guy. You want the guy that you pay a lot to do it too. Is you just <clears throat> this off season he signed the five year twenty five million dollar contract with the the Edmonton Oilers. So five mil a year this season is just like you want that five mil dude like getting the getting in between the pipes and getting shit done. But he's just not. Yeah. So it must be frustrating for a team like this. It is interesting to see them pay a guy like that. I don't know. That it, it, it definitely seemed like a good solution in the offseason, and now you look at the numbers, you're like, well, look at that, you know? Right, exactly. I don't know. Hindsight's twenty yeah. twenty. Okay. Uh, I do have some point streaks to talk about here. Dallas' Jason Robertson is on a 14-game point streak with an assist tonight versus the Winnipeg Jets. Have you been watching any of his game lately? Uh, no, but I was looking at, like, <laughs> stats and shit, and Dallas Stars are, like, up there. So they've been kind of like sneakily rising up the league here. Yeah, they are first in their division, 12-5-3 ahead of the Avalanche. Um, I, I just think that Jason Robertson is the new heartbeat of that team, mm-hmm. which is nuts because he held out for a contract to start the season. He didn't play in training camp, and now he's like, you know, the, the face of the organization right now with yeah. uh, Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan still kind of taking the back, back burner kind of role. Right. Uh, Jamie Benn is definitely getting in the mix, though. You saw him get dropped by, I believe, Josh Manson this week. Uh, got clocked to the dome. He'll, he's not scared to step up. He's a big boy, but mm-hmm. uh, just to see him get dropped like that was kind of nuts. Uh, moving oh, over yep, to yep. Toronto again. Mitch Marner is on pace to have a career year while also currently riding a 15-game point streak. Marner opened the scoring today, which is Friday the 26th, just so you listeners know, Black Friday. Uh, he opens the scoring today for the Maple Leafs uh, as they beat the Wild 4-3 to earlier this afternoon. Uh, it definitely isn't all good news in Toronto, though, as they've placed their defenseman Morgan Riley on LTIR with a knee injury. The Leafs are now without their three top-paid defensemen due to injury, including Jake Muzzin and TJ Perotti. Not good. Yeah, their starting six does not seem too great there. Not good. Why did I say first in the league? Is that what I said? For? The Atlantic? Or, uh, no, what did I say in the division? Did I say division or just like the league just in general? Remember for when what? we were doing the breakdowns? Picks? Yeah. We're going to do our picks later on. Okay. We'll, we'll double back to that. Okay. Yes, you do think the Leafs are going to be very good. <laughs> <laughs> There's still time, baby. There's still time. Right next door in Montreal, as, although the season isn't going too re- well, the kids are all right over there. Cole Caulfield ties the game with 1.9 seconds left against the Flyers, and Nick Suzuki buries an absolute beauty of a shootout winner. It was nuts. Then, in his return to Chicago, Kirby Dock scores the shootout winner and gave the crowd the I can't hear you, Stanley, which was nuts. <laughs> like I didn't think there was ill will between Dock and Chicago, Chicago but... Yeah. There's definitely going to be now, man. That was nuts. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. This team, uh, Canadian's <clears throat> team is... Uh, Gives you something to like care about, you know? Right, exactly. Even with the team that's not doing that great. 11-9-1, though. They got a winning record. They're fifth in their division. Yep. Um, definitely something to tune into. That's way better than they have been. 
Yep. For Give you sure. that much. Uh, but yeah, dude, they they got the team. They got the guys going. Gold Gold Caulfield is uh, finally back back in action. I think I talked about him during the Canadians breakdown where he didn't really do too well last season, and uh, they needed the Gold Caulfield back. But uh, it's good to have him. Nick Suzuki get shit done. Uh, Kirby Duck. Uh, I think he's been I think he's been a good addition for the uh, uh, Montreal Canadiens. Although, like, yeah, you're right. I, I didn't think there was any like ill will with uh, the Blackhawks, <laughs> especially now that. Especially the Blackhawks now are trying to get rid of guys left and right. I think Jonathan Taze, there's already talks about him trying to get out, uh, looking into different teams and shit. And I don't know. You, you would you would think like a team like Chicago Blackhawks currently, there's just like no ill will. It's just like, no, I, I moved on. But I don't know. You're really just, just rubbing salt in the wound, I guess. I guess so. Big, uh, big little fuck you, I'm out of here. I don't know. But there's got to be something. I'm sure everything, this shit, this shit, just like behind the scenes. But who cares? Uh, Kirby Doc is getting the time he wants in Montreal, and he's uh, he's having a blast. That's, That's all right. we care about. Over in Pittsburgh, if Getty Malkin played in his thousandth NHL game, they're on a five-game win streak right now. Uh, the entire team came out in Malkin jerseys and imitated his warm-up routine, dropping down, stretching across the ice as a team. It was pretty hilarious. <laughs> uh, Malkin's son even read the pre-game lineup. And Malkin would go on to score this game, and in his 1,001st NHL game, he scored an amazing shootout goal to win the game and celebrates by doing the Jack Hughes throwing his stick into the crowd, which is hilarious, mm-hmm. too. And missed. He missed the first one, yeah. I think Son he hit the netting bitch. or something. Yep. Some guy was like, oh, I could have sold that. <laughs> he didn't get it. Scumbag. Yeah, dude, I would have kept that. Yeah, Malkin's been sick this season. The Penguins are, are just... You know, not overperforming, but not underperforming either. Like, I think they're right where they need to be, third in their division. You know, everyone around them is a little weird. Uh, they got the Devils, the Islanders ahead of them, and the Hurricanes right behind them. Like, where are the Capitals and the Rangers, right? Like, mm-hmm, right. I don't know. But I think I think they're where they need to be, at the very least. If you want to do everyone a favor, or do yourselves a favor, go on YouTube and just literally look up Evgeny Malkin funny moments, and he's just, he is hysterical. I can't. He might be one of the funniest guys just in the NHL. Yeah. There's like a random clip I watched this week of like, I think it's an old clip. It's Crosby, a few <coughs> other guys, and Malkin on the bench during practice. And Crosby kind of just looks over and he goes, hey, it's like, hey, Gino, what, what, how do you say three on two in Russian? And he just sits there and goes, three on two. <laughs> just like, it's just talking shit. I think at one point um, it was like Team Canada, Team Russia. This is a couple of years ago, I guess, for uh, the Olympics, but uh, – he was like giving Crosby shit that he gets gets the C for Canada. He goes, "Where's my fucking C for yeah, Russia?" And yeah. it just it's just great that like he just gets in the skins of like the rest of like the guys on the Penguins. Because uh, who was it? It was um, this is like HBO twenty four seven when they were doing the Winter Classic. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but uh, they show him from the back. He comes into like the room and he's saying hi to everyone. He goes, "Hey, what's going on, boys? Hey, hey, hey!" And then all of a sudden you hear, "Fuck you, Gino!" And he just keeps walking. So it's cool that he gets in the skin of people. I think he's just, just a great guy. I, I think it'd be fun as shit to play with him. But I think kind of went down a fucking oh yeah tangent with that. Oh yeah, that's all right. It's all right. All right. Uh, one thing I want to touch on before we move on to this is surprising to me. Seattle Kraken eight one and one in their last ten. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, that's... I never would have guessed that. They have won four games straight. They're twelve five and three, really showing the league what's up. Uh, second in their division right now behind the Knights. Wow, nuts. 
Um, but we do have some trophy tracking to cover here. 14 NHL writers have gotten together to cast early votes on who they think should win a couple of the NHL's biggest awards. Uh, for the Jack Adams Trophy, they voted for Lindy Ruff with 61 points, Jim Montgomery with 60 points, Bruce Cassidy with 44, and Pete DeBoer with 18 as the top four to win the award for the best head coach. That's crazy. All um, four of the big teams right now. They, yeah. It does surprise them Jim Montgomery is, is first. That means Lindy Ruff is... Uh, Lindy Ruff is really showing them something, something a lot better than what the Bruins, you know. Yeah, Lindy Ruff ahead of Jim Montgomery, Jim you say? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But you know, you got the Devils, Lindy Ruff. You got the Bruins, Jim Montgomery. Uh, I, I just I think, <clears throat> I just think the Devils team is much more surprising to see doing what they're doing than. Oh yeah, the 100%. Bruins. Even though yeah. the Bruins is just as impressive, it's right. just the core that they have with the Devils, the new goaltending tandem. Like, it's just crazy. Um, oh, and yeah, we Bruce... talked about the Devils, too. Did they get rid of the whole tandem, too, in mm-hmm. the offseason? Yeah, that's right. And Bruce Cassidy being up there, too, says something about him. You know, taking a team that missed playoffs last year um, and was kind of looking like they were on the downswing, especially back office-wise, and just really ripping it around. Mm-hmm. Peter DeBoer, I mean, no knock to him. Only getting 18 points compared to the other guys, but what he's done for each individual team that he's gone to, the Sharks, the Knights, the Stars, like every team he goes to, he kind of sets them up for future success. Yep. Ends up leaving, getting fired, etc. and the team the next season is like 10 times better. I think like he's what like more of a consultant than a coach and shows teams which way they should trend, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the way I kind of look like look at his coaching style. Interesting. Uh, and then for the Calder Trophy, the writers voted for Logan Thompson 62 points, Matty Beniers 52 points, and Shane Pinto with 35 as a top three to win the award Damn. for best rookie. We've been talking about Shane Pinto. Uh, it, it It is interesting to see him down with the, uh, 35 points. But Matty Beniers is, like, leading rookies in, like, what, points? I believe it's and assists and points, assists yeah. And, shit, and so. Shane Pinto is potentially leading in goals. I'm not 100% on that. Uh, Might be behind another guy. But he's he's doing well for himself, too. Yeah. Uh, Logan Thompson, though, I think that's the real story here. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights goaltender. Mm-hmm. Not much higher pressure than the uh, you know the starting position for a team right. as a rookie. Mock on your flurry gone. just taking it under his wing. Yep. Uh, Aiden Hill backing Aiden him up. Aiden Hill backing him up. Uh, Robin, Robin Leonard just out for the season. And uh, it was um, – it was – what's his name? Who uh, – who who was the tandem? It was wasn't it Logan Thompson and who's from the Winnipeg Jets there? Oh, Lauren Persuas hmm. at the time. And here comes uh, Logan Thompson, just kind of out of nowhere, be like, "Nope, I'm I'm the fucking setup for this team." And holy shit, is he getting it done? It's crazy to see a goalie uh, really up there, like almost pretty much number one for the Calder Trophy. That's cool. Yeah, we talked see. about it. I think we said um, this would be the only real opportunity for the last five six years for a goalie to have a chance to win it. Yeah. I thought. Um, but yeah, I kind of thought uh, Uri Slavkovsky would have been up in the running a bit more, but he's kind of trended downward a little bit over the last few weeks. Yeah, Andy Beniers is looking looking real good. We were just talking about the <clears throat> Shane Wright and Matty Beniers situation, but uh, didn't really work out too well. But uh, if Shane Wright did come out, I mean Seattle Kraken's doing fucking fantastic this season. But if say if Shane Wright did come out as a player that we all thought he was and was ready for the NHL, can you imagine that line with Shane, yeah. Shane Wright and uh, yeah, definitely. Good God, we'd be talking about them more than the Bruins right now. All I right, think. are you ready to take a look at our picks and compare them to the standings right now? Yeah, let's do it. So the standings for the Pacific Division right now, we're just going to do the top four and look at it as if there's not a five and three divide for the playoffs. Mm. Uh, we got the Vegas Golden Knights, Seattle Kraken, the LA Kings, and the Calgary Flames looking like they're going to be in. So I have Calgary in, LA in, and that's it for my top four. You have Vegas and Calgary in, so we're both two for two there. Mm-hmm. The teams that we have in that are out are currently Edmonton, 
uh, for both of us. I have Vancouver and you have San Jose. And I think I might have went with a 5-3 split here with Vancouver being fourth. Yeah. Uh, moving over to the Central Division here. Top four teams in the Central currently are the Dallas Stars, the Colorado Avalanche, the Winnipeg Jets, and the St. Louis Blues. So I have Colorado, St. Louis, and Dallas. So I have three. Minnesota is not currently in. Uh, you have Colorado, Minnesota, and then you have Nashville and Winnipeg who are both currently out. Wow. Oh, no, you have Winnipeg. I'm sorry. Winnipeg is in. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we're both three for four there. Moving over to the Atlantic. Uh, it's currently Bruins, Maple Leafs, Red Wings, and Lightning. <clears throat> we have Lightning, Maple Leafs, and Bruins for me. Mm-hmm. Lightning, Maple Leafs, and Bruins for you. The two teams that we have in that are not in are Buffalo and Florida. And huh, then, so we're three for four there yeah. right now. Moving over to the Metro, the top four are New Jersey, New York Islanders, Penguins, and Hurricanes. Uh, I have Carolina, the Islanders, and Pittsburgh. So I have three there. Mm-hmm. You have the Hurricanes, the Islanders, I'm sorry, the Hurricanes, Pittsburgh, well, that's it because you have the Rangers and Blue Jackets who are both out. So two for four there. Oof. So yeah, we're not we're, do, we're not doing too bad. No, over five hundred for both of us as a, as a league total. Doing better than we thought. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maple Leafs are uh, happily surprising that I would say. Oh, oh my God, yeah, very very surprising in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Red worry. Wings being third in that division is kind of nuts too. Ten five and four, plugging up the third spot. Yep. Ahead of Tampa Bay, eleven seven and one. Toronto's gonna make that chum back, baby. I'm telling you, oh, telling you. Chum back. We're gonna be having this Don't conversation, buddy. We're gonna be having this conversation. Uh, but the last thing we do want to talk about is uh, sad news. We're gonna end this with sad news. Yeah, he's actually uh, Toronto Maple Leafs actually had him on this week, but uh, we had a legend lost this week. <clears throat> Bjorg Salming passed away this week at the age of seventy-one. Jorge. Sorry, Borje Salming. Why did I say Borge? Borje Salming passed away at the age of 71. Uh, Salming was diagnosed with ALS earlier this year. There is unfortunately no cure for ALS, but there is treatment to help slow the progression. For the people who know of ALS but don't know what the disease is, ALS is progressive nervous system disease that leads to paralysis, the inability to swallow, respiratory failure, and eventually death usually in two to five years from the onset of symptoms. Salming was getting treatment back home in Sweden where he was with more than 800 patients also battling the terrible disease. Uh, Salming played pretty much his entire career with the Toronto Maple Leafs in 1973 to 1989. His last NHL season would be with the Detroit Red Wings in 1989 to 1990. The Toronto Maple Leafs retired his number 21 in 2016. In 1996, in his first year of eligibility, Salming became the first European-born player to be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. His his accomplishments go on and on, but what we most notably known was for eradicating the reputation that Swedish-born players were too soft to play in the NHL and led the way for Swedish and many European-born players to be welcomed into the NHL. So rest in peace to a leg. But yeah, Borja Salming, he was uh, definitely a, b- a big legend uh, back then. I don't know too much about him. I didn't follow the league that closely uh, back then because I was three. Uh, <laughs> but he, he, from what I hear, paved the way for Swedish NHLers to, you know, get a start. You know, the the rumors were that Swedish players are soft, and this guy was mm-hmm. just a fucking hero, just eating pucks, eating fists. Don't care. I'll kick your ass. Um, 
But yeah, rest in peace to a real one. ALS is a terrible, terrible disease. You want his actual stats? 150 goals for in his career, 637 assists, 1,300 penalty minutes. That's pretty impressive. But yeah, his career high was 19 goals. He played the the crazy part to me is playing 15 years for one organization. Like that's fucking crazy. That's nuts. Went on to play in the Swedish league, Swedish league for uh, a couple of years after uh, the NHL too. Which yeah, kind of cool. I think three or four years. Hundred pims in one one year, and you don't see a lot of penalties over there. No, maybe awesome. back then might have been different. But all right, we dedicating this shot to him. Yep. All right, smear off stats. Barry Lemon. No, you, you just hyped him up, dude. <laughs> Guy was sick. He scored mad <laughs> goals. Mad goals. Oh, man. Uh, oh, you know what that tastes like? It masks the burn pretty well. Like, you're like, oh, the sour's in, like, all the way down your throat, but it doesn't burn too bad. No. What's it taste like? What are those, <clears throat> like, the freeze pops or whatever that you put in, like, the fridge? Yeah. That's exactly what it tastes like. So this was Smirnoff Berry Lemon. The lemon really fucking gets you. Mm-hmm. Wow, holy shit. Sour. So, yeah, right? I'm just fucking tasting that now. But, uh... Uh, yep, so that is our episode uh, this week. Uh, thank you for uh, dealing with our last week's episode. We went to very, uh, not a lot of information last week. Not a lot of prep work done. Not a lot of prep work. That was very a very casual episode leading into it, but I was coming off a fucking busy-ass week and apologize for that. Busy-ass week, week being on vacation, you fuck. Not a lot of shit going on, buddy. <laughs> but uh, this week uh, we're back at it. And uh, we should be good to go. So, All right. If any of you guys need something for the holidays, check out posttopostpod.com. Buy some merch. Buy someone you like, a stocking stuffer. Give them a a sticker. We'll put something up there for a gag gift if you want. You know, buy something for the guy you hate at work. Buy him a post-to-post something. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. (laughs) If there's anything you want to see us cover next episode, let us know. Our links are in the description, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, guys. Peace. (laughs)